promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Psalm 95. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Harden not your hearts, as at Meribah as on the day at Massa in the desert. There your ancestors tested me. They put me to the test, though they had seen my works. Forty years I loathed that generation, saying, The heart of this people goes astray. They do not know my ways. Indeed, I swore in my anger. They shall never come to my rest. Amen. Reading from Ezekiel 34, beginning at the 11th verse. For this is what the Lord God says, See, I myself will search for my flock and look for them. As a shepherd looks for his sheep on the day he is among his scattered flock, so I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and total darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples, gather them from the countries, and bring them to their own soil. I will shepherd them. On the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the land, I will tend them in good pasture, and their grazing place will be on Israel's lofty mountains. There they will lie down in a good grazing place. They will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will tend my flock and let them lie down. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, bandage the injured, and strengthen the weak. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will shepherd them with justice. As for you, my flock, the Lord God says this, Look, I'm going to judge between one sheep and another, between the rams and goats. Isn't it enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of the pasture with your feet? Or isn't it enough that you drink the clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Yet my flock has to feed on what your feet have trampled and drink what your feet have muddied. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Since you have pushed with flank and shoulder and butted all the weak ones with your horns until you scattered them all over, I will save my flock. I will no longer be, they will no longer be prey and I will judge between one sheep and another. I will establish over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will shepherd them. He will tend them himself and will be their shepherd. I, the Lord will be their God, and my servant David will be a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate dangerous creatures from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the forest. I will make them in the area around my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in their season. They will be showers of blessing. The trees of the field will yield their fruit, and the land will yield its produce. 
My flock will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the power of those who enslave them. They will no longer be prey for the nations, and the wild creatures of the earth will not consume them. They will live securely, and no one will frighten them. I will establish for them a place renowned for its agriculture, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land. They will no longer endure the insults of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people. This is the declaration of the Lord God. You are my flock, the human flock of my pasture, and I am your God. This is the declaration of the Lord God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. This is one of my most favorite passages in all of Ezekiel. One of my most favorite passages in all of of Scripture, although I say that for almost everyone (laughs) that I read. But I love this one. I love this one because it is God speaking to his people through Ezekiel. Last week, we talked about God speaking against the shepherds, where it could either be the princess or it could be the priests, either one. I tend to think it's the priests. I think it's the religious people, the people not, not, the, the people not doing their job to, to guide their people, to shepherd their people in the way of righteousness. And here God finishes the story by saying, well, because you're not going to do it, I'm going to take care of it. And then we have all these wonderful, beautiful promises and phrases from God uh, speaking to his people and forecasting what he's going to do. And and, um, the the first section, verses uh, 11 through 16 this is what the Lord God says, see, I myself will search for my flock and look for them, that he, that God will search for you, that he's going to look for you, that, that it isn't about you finding God because God is, is hidden. He, he's not to be found in the ways that we want to find him, but instead uh, God searches for us. God finds us. He comes to us as a shepherd looks for his sheep. That, that you mean something to him, that you belong to him. Uh, Ezekiel is speaking this to his people right after they've heard that Jerusalem is destroyed, that the temple is dis- demolished, that they are there in exile. And here you have Ezekiel speaking this word of promise from God to his people, that even though you are far off, even though those things that you trusted in are gone, I am still your God and I'm going to shepherd you. I'm going to find you and I'm going to care for you. And so it is a word for us. I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and total darkness. That God comes to find us on, on the worst of days. That when we feel the most abandoned by God, that is where he finds us and he cradles us and he holds us. I will bring them out from the peoples. I will gather them, he says. I will bring them home to their own soil, he says. That, that, that this, this promise of destruction and this promise of removing you from the land of promise is not the end of the story, that there is something else. So too it is for us, church that God comes to us and he speaks to us and he says, there is a home that I'm going to take you to that is not like this home. And this, this home is this home of promise, this new heaven and this new earth that is going to come to you, this new Jerusalem that's going to come out of heaven to you. 
in that place, in that new land. I will shepherd them on the mountains of Israel. Meaning that that where they went to sacrifice and and burn incense to all sorts of deities, now he says, no, I'm going to be your presence there on those mountains, not those foreign gods. I will tend them in good pasture. There they will lie down in good grazing places. They will feed in rich pasture. I will send my flock and let them lie down. This is the direct declaration of the Lord God. If you don't hear Psalm 23 here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your staff and your rod, they comfort me. Right? That, that God makes us lie down in green pastures and, and besides still waters. If you don't see here in this passage that the fulfillment of it in, in Christ feeding the 5,000 where he makes them sit down in, in nice grass in groups and then he feeds them, he tends them. It, it says that, that he had, had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Does that make, does that make the feeding of the 5,000 a little bit more understandable here? Reading in Exodus 30 or Ezekiel 34. I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, bandage the injured, and strengthen the weak. Isn't that what Christ does? That he comes looking for the lost? That the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, that it is that those are the ones that mean the most to Christ, to God the Father. That he's going to destroy the fat and the strong ones, the ones that, that have taken advantage and devoured the weak ones. That's the section that we get in 17 through 19, verses 17 through 19, where, where it's uh, talking about them muddying the waters, that them leaving nothing of the good pasture for the weak ones to eat, that them destroying what it is, that, that they've made it so that there's nothing left for people to, to feed on, that you have to make it so hard for my my flock to be fed he's saying to the shepherds that that it is uh, think of some uh, church circumstances that maybe you have been in or you've heard about where you can have places that they so muddy the gospel they so muddy the scriptures they so uh, dilly-dally around. They, they don't come out and bring the truth of the gospel. If they do, it's a gospel flyby for 30 seconds at the end of a sermon that has nothing to do with what they're preaching on, where, where the sermon is full of politics and self-help and nice therapies, rather than proclaiming to you that God has come in Jesus Christ to set you free, to feed you of himself to give of you, give of himself to you, of the grace that he wishes to give. Verses 20 through 24, Therefore this is what the Lord God says to them, See, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean. You've pushed with flank and shoulder and butted all the weak ones. This is, this is a call again to you who have been broken by the church, probably broken by those who consider themselves better Christians than you. God is not there for the better Christians. God is there for the broken. He's there for the sinners. He's come to to call sinners to repentance, not the righteous. So those who stand around you, belittling you because they believe they know what righteousness is, those are not the ones that, that Christ has is, is come looking for. Instead, he's come looking for you and your brokenness 
and your pain and your shame and the fact that you try to be a better person and it's just not working. That's God working in Christ to come to you, to find you there and lift you up. I will save my flock, he says in verse 22. I will establish over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will shepherd them. He will tend them himself and will be their shepherd. If you don't see Jesus Christ there, church, the son of David, the lion of Judah, the one who has come forward to shepherd you, to guide you, to lead you out, the one in which uh, he says to you, right? I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They go in and out and find good pasture. Reading this passage, this chapter of Ezekiel, should make John 10 mean even more to you now. That he's going to shepherd you. He's going to call you by name. You belong to him. That is Jesus. I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David will be a prince among them that God is going to be your God, that you have a God, and Jesus Christ has come to make sure that you know that. Verse 25, I will make a covenant of peace, that you are at peace with God because of what Christ has done, that your your past sins will not destroy you, that instead the Lord is going to lift you up, gather you to himself. I've made a covenant with peace that they may live securely in the wilderness. I love that line that's in, that's in uh, the second half of verse 25, that even when we go through that valley of the shadow of death, we are secure in the hands of God. I will make them in the area around my hill a blessing, meaning he's going to make you a blessing to someone. He's going to make you a blessing to someone because what he has done in you. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the power of those who enslaved them. Who has enslaved you, church? Which sins have hit you the hardest this week? How have you felt going to church? Have have you felt like you are just in another prison, another rat race, another treadmill of going and going and going, and you just feel like you're not getting better, you're not becoming more holy, you're not doing this or that? Well, Christian life is not about that. The Christian life is about Jesus Christ coming to you at your worst to give you his best. They will live securely and no one will frighten them. Church, trust in Christ of what God has done, that God will be with you even in the darkness, even in the wilderness, so that nothing can can scare you. Verse 30, they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people. Remember who Ezekiel is speaking to here. People who think the promise is broken, that the covenant is gone, that God has left them, that they are alone, that they're going to spend the rest of their days in exile, captive, in prison, enslaved by the Babylonians. And here God comes to them and says, no, I'm your God, and this will not be forever. And it wasn't forever. 70 years and they were back in the promised land. That's the promise of Christ to you, church. He closes it in verse 31. You are my flock, the human flock of my pasture, and I am your God. That's the greatest promise of all, that you have a God and you are not it. And that's a wonderful thing. And that this God loves you and cares for you and does everything for you to lift you up and to love you. I pray that that would be the case for you this week, church. 
Go back and read this chapter, chapter 34 in Ezekiel. Read every single one of those promises and beg and pray that God would continue to do that in you each and every day. That he will bind up your wounds and seek you when you feel lost. That he will love you when you feel broken. And that he will always be your God. Let us pray. Lord of the feast, you have prepared a table before all peoples and poured out your life with abundance. Call us again to your banquet. Strengthen us by what is honorable, just, and pure, and transform us into a people of righteousness and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, church, thank you for listening. Thank you for always sharing. I pray that you would continue to share this with others, uh, especially this one, which was all gospel today. I don't know much if there was much application for you today other than just to speak a word of gospel to you of freedom in Christ found in Ezekiel 34 of all places. Take that with you this week. Share this with others, please. Uh, Also, our our sermons, my past sermon that I just did this last last week that got posted, I feel like it's one that everyone should be hearing. A a word for, for those who feel like they've been cast out by the church or by society, that God is going to come and lift them up. Well, anyways, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.